0: welcome to daily audio bible chronological i'm jill today's the 15th day of january welcome it's so great to be back with you as we're starting a brand new week a brand new translation uh, take your brand new mercy it's theirs for the taken and a brand new fresh start and there is so much hope And so much possibility in those two words. And so we're going to fully embrace it, dive in and open our ears, open our heart, open our eyes to receive all that God would say to us through his word and consecrate this week to him to allow him to come and do what it is that he would love to do in us through his word today as we start a brand new week we are also ending uh, this very long conversation with job his friends and with god and maybe you're just starting to feel the weariness of the back and forth and the redundancy and the cringing of hearing our own words in this dialogue um and it's also one of the sort of unfortunate parts of what China and I do we get so invested in a story and take you through a certain part and you know, sort of at the end of our our seat and then and then we go away and the other one comes in and sort of finishes, cleans it up, and it's the beauty of what we're doing here. But here we are and uh, today we will finish this conversation together job chapters 40 through 42 and this week we're reading in the christian standard bible job chapter 40 the lord answered job will the one who contends with the almighty correct him let him who argues with god give an answer Then Job answered the Lord, I am so insignificant. How can I answer you? I place my hand over my mouth. I have spoken once and I will not reply twice. But now I can add nothing. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Get ready to answer me like a man. When I question you, you will inform me. Would you really challenge my justice? Would you declare me guilty to justify yourself? Do you have an arm like God's? Can you thunder with a voice like His? Adorn yourself with majesty and splendor and clothe yourself with honor and glory. Pour out your raging anger. Look on every proud person and humiliate him. Look on every proud person and humble him. Trample the wicked where they stand. Hide them together in the dust. Imprison them in the grave. Then I will confess to you that your own right hand can deliver you. Look at Behemoth, which I made along with you. He eats grass like cattle. Look at the strength of his back and the power in the muscles of his belly. He stiffens his tail like a cedar tree. The tendons of his thighs are woven firmly together. His bones are bronze tubes... His limbs are like iron rods. He is the foremost of God's works. Only his maker can draw the sword against him. The hills yield food for him while all sorts of wild animals play there. He lies under the lotus plants, hiding in the protection of marshy reeds. Lotus plants cover him with their shade. The willows by the brook surround him. Though the river rages, Behemoth is unafraid. He remains confident even if the Jordan surges up to his mouth. Can anyone capture him while he looks on or pierce his nose with snares? Can you pull in Leviathan with a hook or tie his tongue down with a rope? Can you put a cord through his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he beg you for mercy or speak softly to you? Will he make a covenant with you so that you can take him as a slave forever? Can you play with him like a bird or put him on a leash for your girls? Will traders bargain for him or divide him among the merchants? Can you fill his hide with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay a hand on him. You will remember the battle and never repeat it. Any hope of capturing him proves false. Does a person not collapse at the very sight of him? No one is ferocious enough to rouse Leviathan. Who then can stand against me? Who confronted me that I should repay him? Everything under heaven belongs to me. I cannot be silent about his limbs, his power, and his graceful proportions. Who can strip off his outer covering? Who can penetrate his double layer of armor? Who can open his jaws, surrounded by those terrifying teeth? His pride is in his rows of scales, closely sealed together. One scale is so close to another that no air can pass between them. They are joined to one another, so closely connected they cannot be separated. His snorting flashes with light while his eyes are like rays of dawn. Flaming torches shoot from his mouth. Fiery sparks fly out. Smoke billows from his nostrils. As from a boiling pot or burning reeds, his breath sets coals ablaze and flames pour out of his mouth. Strength resides in his neck, and dismay dances before him. The folds of his flesh are joined together solid as metal and immovable, as hard as as hard as a rock, as hard as a lower millstone. When Leviathan rises the mighty are terrified, they withdraw because of his thrashing. The sword that reaches him will have no effect, nor will a spear, dart, or arrow. He regards iron as straw and bronze as rotten wood. No arrow can make him flee. Slingstones become like stubble to him. A club is regarded as stubble, and he laughs at the sound of a javelin. His undersides are jagged potsherds, spreading the mud like a threshing sledge. He makes the depths seethe like a cauldron. He makes the sea like an ointment jar. He leaves a shining wake behind him. One would think the deep had gray hair. He has no equal on earth, a creature devoid of fear. He surveys everything that is haughty. He is king over all the proud beasts. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no plan of yours can be thwarted. You asked, Who is this who conceals my counsel with ignorance? Surely I spoke about things I did not understand, things too wondrous for me to know. You said, Listen now, and I will speak. When I question you, you will inform me. I had heard reports about you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I reject my words, and I am sorry for them. I am dust and ashes. After the Lord had finished speaking to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, "'I am angry with you and your two friends, for you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. Now take seven bulls and seven rams, go to my servant Job and offer a burnt offering for yourselves. Then my servant Job will pray for you. I will surely accept his prayer and not deal with you as your folly deserves.'" For you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. Then Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite went and did as the Lord had told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and doubled his previous possessions. All his brothers, sisters, and former acquaintances came to him and dined with him in his house. They sympathized with him and comforted him concerning all the adversity the Lord had brought on him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold earring. So the Lord blessed the last part of Job's life more than the first. He owned 14,000 sheep and goats, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. He named his first daughter Jemima, his second Keziah, and his third, Karin Hepuk. No woman as beautiful as Job's daughters could be found in all the land, and their father granted them an inheritance with their brothers. Job lived 140 years after this, and saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. Then Job died, old and full of days. Well, after two weeks of dialogue and turning over almost every stone (laughs) of every emotion and experiencing everything there is to say in moments such as this, we did. We experienced it and the story of Job is complete. And it's amazing just listening to those of you that called and knowing your own experience with the story. Some of you feel like Job and what you've lost, what you've endured, what you've suffered through. Some of you relate to one of the friends and hoping to be helpful and share the truth with him. And I think that's the whole point is that we all We all experience different facets of the story, different people in the story, and different seasons of our lives. So reading through this this year, you might identify with one person in the story. And then a couple years from now, if you revisit, you might identify with a different person in the story. And there's so many different conclusions Uh, to this story what's the main point of the story well it depends on who you are it depends on what you heard it depends on what spoke to you but one of the things that we can conclude is that job ultimately wanted to hear from god himself he wanted god to come and speak to him directly basically to explain himself and maybe we could just be honest and find the relatability in that. Maybe we could be so honest and find a safe place that we could honestly admit that there are times it doesn't feel as if God himself is enough. We know that he's enough. We know That he is God, but we don't really know how to let him be God. Because how do you even fathom and explain and describe God? We have spoken on behalf of him. We have boxed him. We have made our preferences his preferences. We have made our dislikes his dislikes. We have defined things for him, but yet have we allowed him to be God. Job ultimately got what Job wanted. The Lord came to Job and he answered Job. And Job quickly realized he didn't have an argument. And yet the thing that still stands out to me about that is God still spoke to him. God still came to to Job and answered him. And so, if you think about loss in a sense of Job's, he didn't lose one child, he lost all of his children. He didn't lose a home or a piece of land, he lost literally everything that he had. And how do you measure the amount of loss? that he had to bring the weight and the heaviness of grief for not just one thing, but a lot of things. And what we find is even the weightiness, even the heaviness and the pain. I have to be careful how I say this because I don't want to diminish pain or loss. I absolutely am a big advocate for those mourning and suffering and for those that have experienced great loss, but somehow in the presence of God, when God Almighty shows up, it's possible, it's strongly possible, that the goodness, the greatness of God in His presence outweighs the largest load of our suffering our grief, our anguish. And again, that is not to diminish or dismiss anybody's pain and suffering, but it makes me wonder if our pain and suffering may not become but mere shadows on the walls and the presence of Almighty God. This is how I've learned over the years. You may be part of a worship service or just... Coming into the presence of God and and you can be coaxed during worship to participate and to enter in and there's nothing wrong with getting people to participate. But maybe where we have missed just a huge posture of our hearts is that if all you have to bring with you is your brokenness into the presence of God, that's enough. Your pain... Your brokenness, your grief, your anguish, your suffering, your questions, that's enough. That's enough. We so badly want to be who we are with people who don't accept us, who don't know what to do with us sometimes. So, can we, with that understanding, can we allow God to be God, which means we normally have to let go of our ideas of how He should work, what He should do, how He should take control of our situation. God doesn't need our help, He just needs our surrender so that He can actually work. And we see in the final Part of the story everything is returned to Job and we love to really spruce that part of the story up and when we're, if we're not careful we can really formulate these stories and say this is what we learned and this is what you do and this is the outcome that you'll get and we have to understand in allowing God to be God there is no formula he'll work however he wants to but we do read with this story things are restored back to Job. And it's a wonderful part of the story. We love to go there. We love to use this as a talking point to really encourage people. But what we forget is the two weeks that we've just experienced of dialogue, of process, of pain, of endurance, of suffering, of grief. And the process sometimes is so much more a part of the story than the victory finish because the victory finish line doesn't happen for everybody the same way that's why we can't formulate God he does not work the same way for every person but what we do know is that he works he is always working all things new and yeah, we can sing the song. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. But there are times that we get so hung up on what we know he's going to do and expect him to do that we miss what he's doing now because it's not what we want him or expect or hope for him to do. So if you will, settle into this idea of process, of endurance, because we're going to see this theme throughout the Bible. We're going to try to start formulating (laughs) <laughs> these things early on well this is what God did here and this time because these people did this and those formulas are, are they're not gonna work two plus two is not gonna be four in every single story and so this is why the dialogue of allowing God to be God is especially poignant for me in this story with Job And so, Father, we thank you for the ending to a long process that we've been here with you as we also begin a brand new week and a brand new journey together in community, individually and collectively. We thank you for what you have spoke to us. We thank you for what you have showed to us and taught us through this incredible story of dialogue, of you showing up, you restoring, you making things new, and you being God, you being who you are, and allowing us to be who we are completely flawed completely imperfect, completely in process. And I thank you that you love us knowing that about us. And so we surrender any ideas that we've had about you. We surrender our box here and now that we have kept you caged in. We blow it up and we're going to have to, to allow you to speak and allow you to do what it is that you want to do in us thank you for meeting us here in this time and we thank you we praise you we love you and we give you permission to be who you are and we pray this now all in the name of the father the son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Looking forward to an incredible week with all of you here as we continue to allow God to speak, to change us from the inside out. I'm Jill. We'll turn the page together tomorrow and I look forward to it. Until then, love one another. Sweet,
1: sweet China. This is Tuesday, January the 10th. And your words after the message in Job have touched my heart so deeply. I broke down crying when you stated that you have no idea of how hard it must be for you and that your prayers are with you. And you're one of the few people in my life to say that even though you don't even know me and you don't know what's going on. I needed those words. My life is falling apart. And I am so brokenhearted, I can barely breathe. No one around me seems to understand or even believe what is going on. And I think that's part of what hurts the most is not being believed. So thank you, China. Thank you so much for your words.
2: They were a gift from God to me. Good morning, Tamiko. Welcome to our family. We're so glad you're here. My name is Kelly. I'm from South Carolina. I'm actually about two hours down the road from you in Charlotte. Um wanted to tell you a quick story of a friend of mine. Um, years ago, had lupus terrible, got so deathly ill, needed a kidney, that was the only answer. And God healed her, miraculously healed her. She never had to have a kidney. She is healthy and well. And the doctors and nurses kept saying, you'll be calling us back one day, and she never has had to make that call. Um, that may or may not be what God has planned for you but I'm praying that it is I do love your prayer for a living donor how beautiful is that um, if you don't get miraculous healing Tamika I do pray that you get a living donor um, dialysis is just such a such a bind um, and I pray that you are released from that so let me just pray over you now Father God thank you so much for Tamika and Lord, Bring healing to her kidneys. Lord, do what only you can do. Do a mighty work that has no other explanation. And Lord, if if that is not the case, then give her a kidney of someone who can live a good life with just one. Um, bring healing to our friend, Tamika, um, and just give her all of our love. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Good morning, C family. This is Lady of Victory. On the morning of January 11th, um, I am calling in for Yolanda who lost her niece and seven months ago lost her mom. I am so sorry, sis, for your loss. I know the pain that you must feel Um, losing your mom. um, 2019, um, I lost my mom. And then 27 months later, I lost my only son. And you never get over it. Someone says something about, oh, I thought it was fresh. And it's like, it's always fresh. Um, it's always as if it just happened. And so, one, um, I'm praying for you and apologizing now for the ins- insensitive uh, comments that you may hear because people just don't know what to say, even as China said in her commentary today. People sometimes just don't know what to say. That's why Job's family just kept talking. Sometimes we just don't need you to say anything. Um, so I apologize for them in advance. Father, I ask that you would be the God of all comfort and peace for this family as they go through this difficult time. Be there for them as only you can, in Jesus' name.
4: Good morning, Dapsy. This is Tamika Griffin from Charlotte, North Carolina. I am just calling in because January 11th was talking right to me. China did an amazing job um, reading, but also just talking to us about, you know, Job and, you know, how one may feel that, you know, what did I do to deserve this? And I'm in that situation right now with my health. I feel like Job. My Twitter name is actually Sister Job. And it's been that for over 20 years because of all the health issues I'm dealing with that I don't understand why God allowed. Um, and China just spoke right to my heart. God really used her because I'm in that place right now like, Lord, what did I do? I serve you. I love you. I go to church. I try to um, serve others. I tithe. I give offerings try to tell people about Jesus. You know, why is this happening to me? So I just want to let you know, wow, January 11th was talking right to me. So you guys just continue to keep me in prayer. As I mentioned in the prior prayer, I'm praying for a living kidney donor. Um, But I just really January 11th is still resonating with me because that's exactly how I feel. And I feel like even though I've never met Chyna in person, I feel like she saw me, she heard me, and she knows me. Um, so thank you for this study, and I will continue to listen and keep up the great work to China and her mom. God bless you for even doing something like this. It's blessing my heart immensely. Have a good day. Bye.